we have a big time matchup coming up this weekend. Number 11 UMass versus number 14 BU in a home and home series starts in Amherst on Friday night. Let's go. Everybody and welcome to episode 47 of High Character. Another weekend, another home and home hockey East series. This time UMass is taking on BU, who right now is ranked number 14 in the country. My name is Cameron. And I am joined by my good pal Evan. Evan, how you feeling? You getting excited for, for this weekend? Yeah, I'm definitely excited. I'm going to humble myself a lot more in my expectations for this weekend, seeing as though we saw exactly what happened last weekend when I was extremely confident going into things. So I think I'm going to let the the team do the talking this time rather than myself. And so, you know, I'm trying not to get completely burnt out this episode with a, a bunch of people probably coming after me, you know, assuming if, if something were to go wrong with this series, I feel like people will be coming for my head at this point. So I think I'm going to relax a little bit for, for this series preview, but I'm certainly excited either way. Yeah, and uh, BU is coming into this series ranked number 14. That is exactly what Providence was ranked last weekend uh, before that series started, and Evan was uh, really feeling good about UMass's chances. So we're going we're gonna to tone it back a little bit here. Um, I think we have all the faith in the world that Coach Carvel and that staff can get this team uh, whipped into shape after – the dismantling last weekend so um i definitely look for a good good bounce back weekend from umass yeah 100 percent. i mean again i think we kind of mentioned it you know in the previous episodes when we talked about the providence series but there were still positives you know what i mean to go off of it's not like we looked completely lost you know during those two games we had a couple of bad periods that really bit us in the ass and allowed the other team to take advantage we're clearly not a bad hockey team. There's no way that we're even close to that. You know what I mean? I still think we we had a couple of mental lapses in some pretty key moments of the games that really led to some kind of just bad performances overall that the other team could capitalize on. We had a whole week to figure it out and clean it up. Obviously, again, we always have faith in the coaching staff to kind of right the ship. And we knew full well that there was going to be growing pains you know we're gonna get better as a team as the season goes on we we knew that going in we were spoiled by some really early overachieving results we know that we can be a really good hockey team when we want to be it's just we gotta you know we gotta earn it you know we really just got to go out there focused with a good mentality and the results are going to come and I think this is going to be a really big you know refocusing step this weekend so I'm really looking forward to it because I think, again, losing three in a row, two of them being in overtime is soul crushing. But knowing if this team can actually bounce back from that is going to be a huge step moving forward throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, totally. And uh, I don't think we have much for news this week, any, any headlines as we come in. One thing, at least from last series, is in the second game, uh, UMass was without uh, Ryan Lautenbach uh, and Aaron Bollinger. So yep, that could – we'll see. We haven't heard too much about the two of them and what their status is. So 
Uh, that, that could be a, a key piece of this series that um, UMass is missing some of those couple of those guys that have played an integral part over the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, in the same vein, though, you got to just treat it as a next man up type of thing. That's basically what Mikey Adamson did last game, and he capitalized with a goal. You know what I mean? I think he really took advantage of his opportunities, and I have full faith in a lot of the forwards that we kind of have that are kind of sitting on the back burner waiting for their chance to shine. I think we have a lot of talent on this team and a decent amount of depth, so we just got to roll with whoever we can, you know, whenever the the situations arise to kind of allow your depth to make big plays. So super excited to see what they can bring to the table. You know, we got a little bit of a taste of it last weekend, even though the results didn't go our way. I wouldn't really say it was necessarily the guys that were stepping in for their, you know, first bits of major game time in a little bit. It's not their fault. You know what I mean? I think it was a holistic kind of team issue with, you know, losing those games. So I am fully confident in, the rest of the team's ability to step up in those key moments. So as much as it kind of hurts to hear those two guys being lost, you know, potentially for these next two games, we have no idea, but if that is the case, I'm pretty confident we'll be able to move forward regardless. Yeah. And if those guys are out for this weekend um, and based on some of the other things that have happened last weekend, we saw Elliot McDermott um, get benched for a while. We saw Tyson Dick make some, some big time mistakes that, could possibly um, limit his playing time a little bit. I think, I think we definitely see a shaken up lineup coming into this weekend, especially with those injuries and stuff. It might, it might be a new look, something that we haven't seen so far this year. Yeah. I have no idea what those lines are going to look like. I mean, it gets to a point where you don't want to shake things up too much. You kind of want to have a bit of consistency and let guys gel together. So I have no idea what, what the coaching staff is thinking right now, but, like you said, I wouldn't be completely surprised if things get shaken up a little bit more. I think you probably still don't want to break up that freshman line just because they've been so productive offensively. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we, we were hearing from, from Carvel at, you know, earlier this week, and it kind of just sounds like he's understanding in the fact that you're going to get the good with the bad when it comes to having your freshmen be huge point contributors like they have been. I, I personally am not on the really like the bench Tyson Dick train. I just don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that line is just playing too well offensively to even risk kind of breaking up that chemistry. I understand that nobody's bigger than the team and sometimes discipline is going to have to take precedence. But in this case, I think you just have to chalk it up to a freshman being a dopey freshman. You know, that's just going to happen. And, you know, you take your lumps, you move on. You, you learn from it and then we just go forward. So I think that's what's going to happen personally, but yeah, I could definitely see some more veteran lineups getting kind of shaken up a little bit more just for the sake of trying out something new against a, an opponent that we frankly haven't had a lot of success with, you know, recently. Yeah. And I, I think I'm with you in terms of uh, Tyson Dick. I think he will play. I just want to uh, make sure anybody's prepared for the the possibility that that might be, a situation that we see this weekend. So we shall see. Uh, let's jump right into it with BU. I mentioned at the start, they're number 14 in the country. They come in at four and three. Uh, their schedule so far, they beat Bentley eight to two. Uh, they've had a, a series against Michigan in which they lost nine to two. Um, a lot of their goaltending stats tanked from that game and then also beat Michigan three to two. They, lost in overtime to UConn four to three and then beat them in regulation five to two. 
And then against UMass Lowell, they lost two to one and then they won two to one in overtime. So uh, they haven't gotten anything going the last three series. They won a game and lost a game. So a um, little bit of inconsistency for this BU team. They were ranked really high in the rankings the, the first few weeks, but seems like they're going down a little bit. They seems like they haven't quite figured themselves out yet as a team. Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense. You know, I think they're they're dealing with a new coaching staff this year. You know, I'm if I remember off the top of my head, I think their current coach might have been the assistant coach last year. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I guess it's not a complete and utter, you know, coaching turnover. But again, they're they're learning just as any other teams kind of figuring themselves out at the start of the season. I think we're gonna kind of stop using that as like a not like a crux, but just like kind of a, a reason to not completely understand how a team's operating, you know, early on in the season, we're going to learn more as the season goes on as with any sport and any other team, you know, it just kind of makes sense that way. But yeah, I think this BU team is is ranked highly for a reason. You know, they are a very skilled team. They brought back a lot of guys from previous seasons that were big time contributors. Um, they're just an overall solid team. You know, BU is never really going to fade into, you know, complete mediocrity you know they're kind of one of those big names in hockey east that are always going to be able to kind of attract big time talent and that's kind of what kind of feeds most of their play you know it's just very skill-based very you know quick you know passing plays you know that's just the way that they play so I think it's going to be a really really interesting stylistic matchup between the two teams I think you know we're kind of that more gritty hard-nosed you know grit team and you know I think they're more of the kind of flashy going to really, you know, try and make the highlight real type of play. So it's just kind of a matter of we'll, we'll, you know, skill or kind of compete and character win out in the series. It's an interesting dynamic to me. Yeah. We saw last year, curious if it'll um, transition over to this year. Uh, they, we noticed that they cherry pick a lot. They have uh, a guy go right up to the blue line, even when they don't have the puck kind of waiting for that breakout pass. They, they go for the big play a lot. Um, and you did mention they have a new coach. We'll see if that play style transitions over. But yeah, um, as we look over to UMass, they come in ranked number 11th in the country. They fell six spots um, after the, the sweep by Providence. They come in 5-3-1. and one. They had the tied AIC to start the year. Uh, they swept Denver 4-2 and 3-0. Swept Union 7-1 and 7-0. And then Hockey East play started and they started to falter a little bit. They beat Merrimack in overtime three to two and lost in overtime two to one. And then Providence came and they lost seven to four and they lost four to three in overtime. So not a great go of things lately. Uh, definitely some things that the team needs to work on, but also uh, a lot of positives that we've seen, not only at the start of the season against Denver and Union, but there were some good things to take away from Merrimack and Providence as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, kind of been, I don't want to say a difficult start to the season because it really wasn't, you know what I mean? I think the recency bias has kind of taken over here. Um, we're definitely doing our thing as a team, you know, overall, I still think we are, you know, I guess if you were to look back to our season preview as a whole, I feel like one would think that again, we're doing better than one may have expected, but I think just with our recent results, we're definitely in a bit of a slump. I think, I think the term that I used a lot was kind of just regression back to like the mean, you know, when, when we talked about for the past couple episodes, just how unsustainable everything really was, you know, with our goalie save percentage and our crazy power play, 
those things are not going to, you know, last the entire season. You can't expect them to realistically. It just doesn't make sense. But I think the way that they did regress was very quick and very sharply. You know, I think you, you kind of expect more of a slower decline towards the mean, you know, there's obviously going to be games where, you know, you get shut out on the power play and, you know, you might not put in as many goals as you want. And, you know, all those crazy 10 bell saves that your goalies were making in previous games were just going to, you know, they're going to let in some softies to kind of equalize out at the end of the day. I think that happened pretty quickly in the past couple, t- couple of games. Um, super unfortunate, but again, that we got to be that type of team that's just going to put all those things behind us and just focus on what's ahead because especially considering how young our team is, if you're going to sit there and dwell on mistakes, you know, hundred percent of the time and just, you're just going to ruin your player's development at that point. You know, you got to just move forward, work on how you can improve in the future instead of just looking behind, feeling sorry for yourself. You're saying, oh, we should have won that game. There's no point in even doing that. That's what we're here for. We're going to do the talking about it. We're going to let them get better as a team. You know, that's their job at the end of the day. So again, I think Harvey's going to write the ship as he always does. You know, that's what we trusted him to do for the past six, seven years that he's been in charge for this team. So super excited to see what we come out with against BU this Friday. Yeah, me as well. And you mentioned the the goaltending regressing a little bit. I guess we can switch over to the goalies now. Um, we really don't know at this point exactly what we're going to get. Uh, the last two series, we saw a start each from Pavisic and Cole Brady. And even though they have given up a decent amount of goals over the last couple of weekends, their numbers are still phenomenal. For Pavisic, it's six games started, a 935 save percentage and 2.01 goals per game. And for Cole Brady, it's three games started, a 936 save percentage, and 2.43 goals per game. So both of their stats are still sparkling, and I'd expect probably more of the same this week with each one of them getting a start. I don't know if you agree on that. It's such a weird kind of thing for me, like especially considering the fact that their stats are nearly identical. You know what I mean? Like you give the slightest edge to Cole Brady, I guess. But I mean, I I think part of me thinks that Carvey probably wants to have a go-to guy. I feel like he doesn't enjoy having to pick a goalie game in and game out. I think he's done that enough before. And I feel like he probably wasn't the biggest fan of it. Like, obviously he loves the, the idea of competition and, you know, having each goalie thrive off of each other in a practice environment. That's obviously the, one of the best things you can have as a coach, you know, active competition makes everything better. You know, that's just the reality of it. But I think just for the simple fact that Pavisic has four more games played so far, I think you have to ride with him. Um, just you, you really want to allow your goalies to get into a groove. You know, I think that's kind of one of the main things. I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm some sort of crazy goalie guru that just completely understands how goalies work, but from everything that I've seen from watching both college and professional hockey, goalies are freaking weird people, man. You know what? Like they, they really are. They're just complete and utter psychopaths half the time. And you, you gotta, you know, they're pretty superstitious guys and you just gotta let them do their thing. You know, whatever they got to do to get into their groove, let them do it. And I think for a lot of guys, it's just getting re- repeat game time. And, you know, that's not even really that weird of a thing now that I'm saying it out loud no matter who your guy is going to be in any sport or any game that you play, you, you want the guy that you trust the most to be playing the most sort of games. And I think right now that's Pavisic just in purely the terms of games played, you know, he's been the guy that we've turned to the most, at least in the start of the season. 
I think if he doesn't play well on Friday, I think you give him the start on Friday. If he doesn't play well, you go with Brady again. But at some point, I think something's got to give, and you just got to say, this is our guy going forward, unless he plays like complete and utter dog crap, which I don't see happening because both of these goalies are skilled enough to where I don't think that'll happen. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. I did think the same thing uh, that you just said before the Providence series that Pav would start game one, and if he plays well, uh, start game two. If he doesn't, uh, Cole Brady will play game two. But Carvel went with uh, Cole Brady game one against Providence, which I was surprised by. So I'm I'm really not too sure what to expect. I If I was running the team, I'd probably start Pavisic game one, like you said, see what happens. Maybe he does well and carries over. But um, I'm not too sure exactly what to expect. I think, I think the thing with the UMass goalie situation is that Cole Brady got yanked in the first game. You know, like, I don't think you just immediately go back to the guy that gets yanked in the first game, especially after Pavisic, up until that dreaded third period of the second game. He only let in one goal up until that point. He was playing lights out until he had to face almost 30 shots in a single period. So I think on that, on that merit alone, it has to be Pavisic starting the first game. I don't even think there's a doubt in my mind that, that Cole Brady gets that start in the first. I just don't see it happening personally. And BU, we're not too sure exactly what to expect with their goalie situation. They have two guys who have kind of split time. They have Drew Camesso, who we got familiar with last year a little bit. He started three games. He has an 877 save percentage and 3.66 goals per game, which are, are pretty bad stats. And their other guy, Vinny Duplessis, I believe that's how you pronounce it. He has four games started, 896 save percentage and 2.85 goals per game. So um, I mentioned at the top, those numbers might be a little inflated from that nine to two loss against Michigan, but yeah. still, even, even without that, their, their numbers are not um, knocking your socks off. If you look at them, not too scared about either of these goalies thus far. For the BU goaltending situation. I was really surprised when I looked at the stats here. Um, I was always under the assumption just as like kind of a casual hockey East fan, you know, obviously I'm hyper-focused on UMass, but I'd like to somewhat pay attention to the other teams as well. But I always thought Drew Camesso was the guy for BU. Um, He kind of has that draft pedigree. I think he was picked in the second round. If I'm going off the top of my head, I can double check right now. Yeah. He's picked in the second round by the Chicago Blackhawks in 2020. Like you, you have that sort of, you know, draft pedigree where, you know, clearly scouts were believing in you early on. You know, they, they wanted to pick you in the second round, but, and he was their guy last season. He had 28 games played, you know, that, and he had pretty damn solid stats from the looks of it, just going off of his elite prospects. And then it seems like this Vinny, what'd you, what'd you, what was he, how'd you pronounce his last name? Duplessis. That, that sounds right. He's from Quebec. So yeah, you probably have to throw that French pronunciation in there. That makes a bit more sense, but um, he only played 10 games last season and again, had really solid stats for a backup. He was six and two in a, for his win loss, but it seems like he's getting the starts more this season, which again, is a little weird. Like he's the older goalie. So I guess if you want to ride with a bit of experience there, he's your guy, but yeah, just purely looking at the numbers and just kind of like the, the pure name value. I think it's a little weird that Camesso is the backup considering that also on his elite prospects page, he's listed as an assistant captain for the season. I didn't even know you could do that as a goalie. I thought they like banned that. I'm pretty sure like the last goalie captain they ever had in like the NHL was like Luongo for like the, the Vancouver Canucks back in like the early 2010s. Like, I don't think you're even physically allowed to do that. Like 
what if there's a massive line brawl and they're like trying to call the captains over like you can have your goalie just skate out to go talk to the ref like what is going on here but jokes aside yeah i really have no idea how to make heads or tails of this goalie situation i guess you go with duplessis to to start off you know the series just because he has the better stats um I, I, I'm pretty proud of my French pronunciation. I've been doing Duolingo for a couple months now, so I think I'm starting to learn French a little bit more. There you but go. Yeah, no, I think I'm on a 134-day streak now. It's pretty sick. Ooh. Granted, I do about one lesson a day just to keep the streak going, but, hey, the, the, the discipline has to be there, so I'll take it. But, um, yeah, again, goalie situation, super weird. I think kind of similar to ours. I think you just have two – worse you know goalie stats wise to kind of pick from but yeah it doesn't really seem like there's a full out clear-cut starter for them but I guess you probably see Duplessis just due to the stats alone yeah I I still think you probably get Duplessis in game one and probably Comesso game two probably uh looks like what they've done so far all right and we'll switch over to the leading scorers for each team, it looks pretty similar. Leading the way for UMass, it again, Kenny Connors. He had a, another good weekend on the score sheet last week. Uh, 11 points now on four goals and seven assists. And behind him, uh, it's pretty evenly spread out through a lot of guys on UMass. And it's pretty similar for BU. Their leading scorer, Matt Brown, has 10 points on four goals and six assists. And again, uh, the rest of the roster is kind of evenly distributed as you go down. So I just wanted to ask anything that might stand out to you on either team in terms of scoring? Um, I guess the main thing that I'm seeing is that they have a couple of, so they being BU in this case, they have a couple of guys with fairly high point totals of eight and 10, but that's only in seven games played. We, we as a, as a group have nine games played. So we're barely edging them out in kind of the total points category, but I think it could very well be pretty darn close if they have those other two games in hand played. So I, you know, if we look at it on a point per game basis, they're looking like a pretty solid, you know, scoring team for the most part. I mean, also considering the fact that their, their wins this season have come against some pretty solid opponents. You know what I mean? Like they, they were doing their thing, you know, three goals against Michigan that were pretty sure ranked number one at at one point. It might've been at the time that they played them, you know, they, they dropped a five, a five goal game against UConn and they were beating the likes of Lowell too. Like those are all really solid ranked teams. So the fact that they're putting up some goals against really, really solid teams, you know, and I'm looking here too, you know, if you get rid of that, that nine to two game, just if you throw that out the window, they are a very defensively responsible team, you know, in their past three games, they've only let in, they, they haven't let in more than two goals in a game in their past three games, which UMass cannot say the same as of their, you know, most recent three games. So I think, they they're riding a you know a decent enough streak right now you know they're two and two but I think they've played very well in those four games total so their their stats are looking pretty solid overall I mean their head guys Matt Brown I think he used to play for UMass Lowell so they got a they have a Lowell I, I don't want to say a reject because they probably willingly transferred to you know to try to upgrade from the the crap hole known as Lowell but um yeah I think it's definitely uh, an interesting team that they got they have a lot of draft picks too you know just that just kind of comes with the with the idea of being BU, you know, you're kind of just, you know, everybody talks about the bean pot and all these crazy things that you try to use for recruiting. So they, they definitely have some recruiting advantages. So yeah, a lot of draft picks on their team as well. Yeah. You mentioned uh, for BU, 
their scoring. It seems like they've done pretty well so far. I, I think I'd say the same for UMass too. Um, mm-hmm. They had a couple of really high scoring games and even against Providence last weekend, they faced Spedbeck who came in with very good stats against, and they put up four and three goals in the two games. So a total of seven. So uh, definitely a welcome change from last season where we saw the scoring kind of being a struggle. It seems like down up and down the UMass lineup goals are kind of coming from everywhere, which is really nice to see. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, we, again, we've said it before, or, you know, I mean, I've definitely mentioned it a lot of times before on the pod last year was all about lack of depth scoring. Now I think we have almost too much depth scoring. You know what I mean? Like we kind of have that, that sounds really stupid. So I can clarify here. Like, I think we, I talk a lot about the freshman line kind of being the main offensive contributor, but I think our first line is really doing their thing too. Like with Keith, you can Lebster. And we really, at the beginning of the season, like on our, on our season preview, we kind of challenged those guys to step up and really, you know, imprint their, their mentality onto the team. And I think they've done so extremely well, you know, like granted Keith, kind of had a slower, you know, I guess his point totals are a bit slower in comparison to everybody else. Just like, you know, you know, overall points matter, but he has three less games played than most of his peers that are above him on the, in the score sheet. So you really can't blame him for that. I think we have a lot of goal scoring, you know, we're still overall a plus on the season. You know what I mean? Like we still have more goals scored than we have goals against, you know, we are still doing our thing. Granted that was again, massively inflated by the union series union. You're getting your daily stray at this point. It's just, it's going to happen until we find another team that we just absolutely dominate for a weekend that we can, start using in place of them. But yeah, I mean, again, we're looking really solid. I think the recency bias is killing us a little bit. You know, I think we, we really need this weekend to go well to kind of get everybody back on the wagon a little bit. I think people kind of slowly started to drift off the wagon. I think we need to kind of bring them back into the fold and really get all the energy behind the program again, because again, we're, we're spoiled to have the teams that we've been having for the past couple of years. You know, I think, it's a little bit challenging for the fan base. You know, I think that's what I'm kind of noticing a little bit is we've had so much success as of recently, the moment that, you know, we dropped three games, everybody's kind of, I don't want to say going into panic mode, but they're sitting there kind of thinking like, Hey guys figured out a little bit. We would not have been doing that, you know, five, six years ago when we were first starting up the rebuild, you know? So again, I think it really shows how far we've come. And again, I really just want to get back to, to, to the winning ways a little bit because I kind of I kind of sympathize where with everybody else is at right now. So mm-hmm. I'm feeling good about this weekend. Yeah, it'll be a tough task, but we're definitely looking for UMass to bounce back in a big way. All right, and as we get ready to wrap things up here, do you have any uh, any final thoughts, any keys to the series? I know I have a few, so I'll let you go. Let you go I first. mean, part of me thinks that I, the one that I'm about to say is probably one that you're going to say. We got to maintain focus. Do not let if we're in the lead, do not let them claw their way back. You know, if that means I don't care if someone's punching you in the dome, do not retaliate. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like you take your L and you move on and you say scoreboard, you know, that's it. If we're in the lead, do not take any sort of stupid penalties that will let the other team back into this game and let them get momentum. I think it's going to help us a lot knowing that we start the series at home this weekend. Cause I think besides Again, the monumental collapse that is going to be a haunting loss for the next couple of months in the back of my mind every time I watch this team play. Mullins has been a fortress. You know, we've defended that place to, to the death. You know, I think we've done a very good job playing our best hockey at home. 
I think we need to try and keep up that momentum as much as possible, because if we get the win on Friday, I really think we're going to be able to carry that into, into Boston on Saturday when we ship up to Boston, as the dropkick Murphys would say. And I think we're really going to just keep everything moving along. We're going to get the wagon going and everybody's going to be on board. So again, focus up. We got to play our best hockey in the third period. You know, I think that's been a bit of a struggle recently. I think we've allowed teams to get their way back into the game far too much. And I really think that's what the coaching staff has really been trying to tell the players and really get them to focus up on this week. Because if we can't close out games, it's going to be really freaking tough to win in Hockey East because Hockey East is a damn good conference this year. We have seven teams in the top 20, technically the top 19, if we want to get really technical with it. Like we have a lot of talent in this league. So we got to bring our A game at every freaking juncture if we want to try and win, you know, as many points as we possibly can. Yeah, your uh, your thoughts align a lot with mine as you went through there. I have a few stats for everybody to keep in mind as we go into this series. One of them you mentioned uh, not retaliating and not taking dumb penalties on UMass's side. BU has already this season three major penalties. So they are willing to get under people's skin and maybe go over the top a little bit. So like you said, don't succumb to that. Don't take the dumb penalty. Uh, another stat, both of these teams come in incredible at face-offs. BC uh, at nearly 54%, UMass at a little over 53%. So both really solid face-off teams. UMass played uh, Providence last weekend, who was also a very solid face-off team, and they, they got beat. So mm-hmm. um, they're not totally um, indestructible in that face-off dot like we once may have thought. Um, another couple stats. In the second period, UMass is leading its opposition 13 to four. So that's by far the best period for UMass. So look out for them to to score some goals in that middle period. And then one final stat that kind of aligns with what you were talking about before. In the third period of games, UMass is being outshot 115 to 62. And that is incredibly drastic and not where you want to be closing out a game. So that that's my number one key stat that I'd like to get better this weekend. That is a glaring hole that, that needs to be fixed for sure. I know there's no video that goes along with these podcasts, but the way that I just held like my hands in my face, when you said that last like stat is just unbelievable. Like that, that right there, if you had a picture of my face to go with that, do you look up the, like the dictionary definition of pure unadulterated shock that my, my face would have been there in the dictionary. Like that's, unbelievable like I knew it was bad but I didn't know it was that bad like that's boys what is going on here like I understand that you have to exert yourself through the first two periods to play your best hockey but you got to leave a little something in the tank you know what I mean like if you just completely burn yourselves out through the first two periods praying that you can hold on for that third period victory because let's face it that was exactly what happened in the Providence game and the Merrimack game we didn't look like we were playing to win. We looked like we were playing to not lose, you know, and that's, that's concerning to me. I think we are a much better team than that. I think in the third period at times, I don't want to say that we look shocked to be in the lead, but like it, it kind of gives off the vibes of like being a lower ranked team thinking, wow, I'm really pulling off an upset here. We got to hold on to whatever shred of a possibility that we can win this game, you know, like, it's it scares me, you know, because if you just turtle like that in the third period, like we've been doing, you're going to get beat. You know, we, 
and I don't even think that's really much of a kind of a recent thing. Like we first kind of saw a glimpse of that in that first game against Denver, you know, we were up four nothing and then we were trapped in our own zone for a solid five or six minutes and they scored two goals to claw it back on us. You know, like this is not a new thing, you know? So I think, yeah, that's really scary. Like granted at the end of the day, I think, you know, when you look at the Denver game and you look at the Merrimack game, a lot of the zone time was attributed to the fact that they pulled the goalie, you know, they had an extra guy out there, but that's something we got to work on. You know, like it doesn't, you know, you can't make excuses saying, well, we had an extra guy out there. You got to get better in that department because that's a valid strategy at the end of the game that we have to work around and, you know, play better at. So yeah. When, when you said that, that shot stat, that was unbelievable. Like, Wow. That's the, that's all the thoughts that I have on that. You know, I don't think I can elaborate much more than that. That's insane. Yeah. And if you were to take out the, the union games out of that, the stat gets even worse. So that is something that I need UMass to uh, fix a little bit and claw their way back in that stat this weekend. But uh, yeah, I think that was as everything we wanted to cover. We're super pumped for this weekend. I believe we'll, we'll both be at the game. Friday night at Mullins should be a fun one there. And uh, Evan, unfortunately, can't make it to be. Shut up. No one's supposed to know that. On Saturday, but I will be there. So uh, keep an eye out for me in Boston if you're around. But, uh, yeah, we're super excited to watch. Um, Super excited UMass basketball is off to a good start, too. Can't forget about them, uh, both teams. And, yeah, just good time to be a Minuteman fan. Just keep remembering that like these, these programs are in pretty good spots right now. So it's a fun time to be watching. Um, hope to see you guys this weekend and go UMass. Go UMass. Take care, everybody. And I wish I could be there on Saturday. <laughs>